Well, hello there, and welcome back to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kira Mack, as always, and delighted we are here with you yet again today. Now, before we do get into today's top five stories doing the rounds here in Thailand, don't forget to like this video, subscribe to the channel, and give us an old share on social media. If you like listening to us on a podcast player, you can also check out the link below down in the description where you'll be taken to a website with a host of podcast players where the show is currently on. And finally, if you get some value out of the show, if you like the show, if you want to support the show, you can buy us an old coffee on buymeacoffee.com, which the link is down below in the description as well. So now that that is all done and dusted, let's jump into those top five stories. Airports of Thailand to switch to solar panels to address escalating power costs. The airports of Thailand is planning to shift to 100% solar panel usage at all airports within the next four years to address the rising electricity costs, costs, and that's according to the AOT president. He said the solar panel installation had already started at the sides of the runway and water storage areas around Suanapum Airport, but they are not yet operational. Swanaboom Airport has enough space to install solar panels in order to generate electricity for all passenger buildings. The other five airports of AOT will also shift to 100% solar panel usage within the next four years, he said. Five megawatt solar panels have already been installed on the roof of Swanaboom Airport. Installing solar panels is a good thing because it helps save air conditioning. Many foreign airports have also started to do this because it's a global trend. In the past, we paid 100 million baht on electricity expenses, but with the solar panels, we now expect to only pay 70 to 80 percent of that amount, Kriti said. In addition to this, the AOT will change all vehicles at the airport to electric vehicles because more than 80% of passengers using the airport buses complained about its exhaust fumes, according to the AOT president. Now, news media noted that AOT manages and operates international airport services in Thailand and six international airports under their responsibility, namely Swanapum Airport, Don Muang International Airport, Chiang Mai, Hat Yai, Phuket International, Mae Pha Luang Chiang Rai International Airport. And, I mean, yeah, it's it's pretty much the standard bearing, but I'm a little bit confused if they're going to be 100% running on solar panels and the whole airport will be completely powered by solar panels and by solar electricity, why would they only be paying 70 to 80% of that amount? Shouldn't their electricity be free then? Shouldn't they be generating their own electric? This figure seems a little bit off, or maybe I'm picking this up wrong, but I mean, that's what they say in the article. They say in the article that they want to be 100% using solar panels for the whole airport. They hope that after that, they'll only expect to pay 78% of that amount, which is of of 100 million. I I don't see where the savings is. Maybe he's he's quoted himself wrong. He's not understanding what it is. But if your power is 100% solar, why would you have electricity bills? I don't know if I'm picking this up wrong. I read it wrong, but that's what the article says. But nevertheless, let's move on to the next story. Now, Thai police warn of fake accommodation Facebook pages. And this is prevalent throughout Thailand. And I think it's something tourists need to take a very, very, very... uh, Uh, keep a very very close eye on police have warned of fake accommodations on facebook pages and scammers on tuesday a spokesman from the cyber crime investigation bureau colonel kritsada patatajorn warned of fake accommodation facebook pages these scammers are reportedly using real photos of rooms hotels and villas to make them look like real facebook pages of those places most of the fake Facebook pages show places in famous tourism locations such as Pattaya, Kolarn, Phuket Rayong and Chantaburi. 
When victims agreed to book rooms and transfer money to the scammers, the suspect would be unable to be contacted and disconnect their, their phones or block the victim. There are more than 238 victims recently, which have caused damage in the millions of baht. Please check before booking rooms or places online with the criteria below. Book via a reliable booking agency such as Booking.com, Agoda, Traveloka or via reputable accommodation websites. Check Facebook pages and make sure they are real ones, not fake ones. Call the accommodation before transferring money to them. Avoid transferring money to personal accounts. The account should be business accounts. And finally, be careful of advertising of overly cheap accommodation. If it's too good to be true, it often is. And I think uh, this is actually very good news. I've seen this um, going on quite a lot now. You know, check if it's a fake Facebook page. Well, how would you know? That'd be the first thing. But nevertheless, the other things are very good uh, advice to be giving people. And uh, you hate to see people getting scammed. And I hate to see people losing their money when they're going on holidays, you know, and they turn up to a, an accommodation that they've booked or think they've booked to find out that it doesn't even exist or the hotel in question has no idea who you are. And yes, it can be a big disappointment. But, you know, people are out there to scammers all over the place and please be careful with your money as, as i just saw a comment actually on this story is you know do do your due diligence make sure that it's real right and if the price looks too good to be true probably is you know and it's time to move on and look but for me when i book hotels personally i use booking.com or agoda they're the kind of my two go-to uh, websites because I mean, pretty much everything that's advertised there is normally real. There's obviously options within Booking.com and Agoda where you don't have to pay until you turn up in the hotel, which is what I generally book. Now, I, I would never pay in advance, I think. From our COVID days, I've learned that, you know, you just don't give up your money so easily. Oh, it's, even if it's a little bit more expensive, you know, to pay on arrival, that option most times is the best option. But most hotels now these days are giving free cancellation as well. So, you know, just beware of that. And, you know, it's always good to keep hold of your own money and certainly not anybody scam you out of it. And moving along. Now, this story is quite interesting. It's coming out of the Thai Inquirer. Now, it's a, a website I normally don't research stories from because it can be a little bit sensationalist but this story is actually very interesting i've read this kind of uh, underlying tone in other publications but we'll go through it first as election draws near dissolution rumors grow thailand's political landscape is currently in a state of flux with potential alliances election predictions and switching allegiances dominating the discourse however with the election just a week away a persistent rumor has been making its way around political circles According to numerous sources, both inside the current opposition parties, that's Putai and Move Forward, and inside the current governing coalition, Thailand's conservative establishment is slowly building a case to dissolve both the Putai party and the Move Forward party. It appears that the progressive agenda of the Move Forward party is seen as a threat to the existing orthodoxy and it plans to address the less majestic law as well as other party policies like directly elected governors are unacceptable to the conservative forces inside the courts and the establishment. This threat has seemingly doubled in recent weeks with MFT polling beyond expectation and drawing huge crowds at its rallies around the country. Sources say that the case against MFP is more clear-cut than one against Putai, who have been more willing to play ball with the establishment elite behind the scenes. However, the prospect of a return to the country for exiled former Prime Minister Taksin Shinawatra has irked more than a few conservative voices who have spent the last two decades trying to erase his legacy. 
The case against Putai will hinge on whether or not the establishment can prove that an outside hand was influencing and funding the party. Should that be proven, the party could risk dissolution. Insiders within both the Palang Pratriat Party and the United Thai Nation Party have said that a war chest is already being prepared should one or both MFP and Putai get dissolved. The war chest will be used to persuade MPs from either party to join the PPRP and United Thai cause. It is unclear whether the threat of dissolution will cause a shift in the way Putai and the MFT will pick their allies and what their strategy will be should the eventuality of a dissolution occur. Putai party members say they have already registered a backup party, while the MFT have strategically placed key members outside the executive council in the case of a political ban on executives. It is clear that should one or both parties get dissolved, massive street protests will likely occur. The student protests that grew during COVID-19 were started because of the dissolution of the Future Forward Party, that now is the MFP by the way. The protesters called for the resignation of Prime Minister Prayut Chanacha and his administration, accusing them of suppressing freedom of speech and violating human rights. The demonstrations grew in size and intensity with thousands of protesters taken to the streets in Bangkok and other major cities in Thailand. The protesters used various tactics including sit-ins, marches and flash mobs to draw attention to their demands. They also used social media platforms such as Twitter and Facebook to organise and share their message. If another dissolution occurs, one can expect protests to be even larger in scale. Now, this has been kind of going on in the background for quite a while and a lot of it hinges on the fact that currently the polling the polling has both the Putai party and now the Move Forward party steaming ahead in the polls here in Thailand. The Nation Thailand's most recent poll that was up until the 3rd of May, which was just two or three days ago, has Putai in the constituency election at 38%, with Move Forward party at 28 after that, the closest rival to them is the United Thai Nation Party, which I think is the party of the current Prime Minister, Priya Chanacha, at only 6%. This is what has them freaked out. And who will get your vote in the party list? They currently, and the party list, Putai Party, is at 39%, with the move forward at 29%. And still, United Thai Nation just at 7%. This is what they're afraid of at the moment. They're afraid that there is going to be a landslide victory for these two parties and they will go into coalition together and they'll be ruling for the next four years with pretty much being able to do what they want with such a huge majority. And of course, the the conservative establishment here in Thailand certainly don't want that. So they're going to do whatever they can to ensure that it doesn't happen. Now, if these parties do get dissolved, what will be the outcome here? Well, I would suggest that people who voted for them, which will be a huge majority of this country, will hit the streets. And I have said in previous podcasts that if things like this start to happen, if people start to get the feeling that their votes are being suppressed, that there are people within the government who are going out of their way to make sure that their vote is not counted, their vote doesn't mean something, people are going to hit the streets. And I think we're going to have a big problem here in Thailand again. Now, my hope is that doesn't happen, that these uh, establishment guys who are behind the scenes pulling the strings, in, in essence, judges and whatnot, understand that if they do go down this road, there's going to be huge consequences for the country. Now, we've had a relatively quiet period, let's say, even with the protests in 2020 for the last eight years or so. And it would be nice if Thailand could continue along that way. Huge protests around the country will do nothing but damage, firstly, the image of Thailand, but damage the economy. 
damage people's ability to make a living, damage tourism, and all these things come into play. The country is just getting out of what was a horrendous time of being closed for nearly three years. And finally, things are getting back up and coming. Now, this election could ruin everything that has been Nestle gained from that. So we're going to have to keep a close eye on As the election is a week away. You can actually, I think, is it on Sunday, uh, there's early election, there's early voting, and then the Monday or Sunday the 14th or 15th, whatever it is, I think it is the, I think it is the Sunday the 14th will be the official day. And we will be getting results that night from the election count around the country so we should know by 11 o'clock who has won and we're gonna have to keep our eye on what's gonna go on then will people i mean there's a lot of very very a lot of hate amongst these people you know the political class that's in bangkok certainly don't want putai or move forward but move forward by the way this party itself is gaining huge momentum at the moment and it's at the most perfect time because it's coming up to the election it might affect putai as well because people who might have voted for putai might now vote for move forward but i can tell you if you're voting for putai move forward you're not voting for anybody else in those lists so it's going to be a very very interesting uh, couple of weeks here in thailand and as always we're going to keep a very very close eye now moving along to another story coming out of phuket immigration and i found the story a little bit odd so we're going to go through it phuket immigration demands title deeds home walkthroughs for permits of stay extensions Phuket Immigration is refusing to accept applications for one-year extensions unless the foreigner provides a copy of the Shinote land title for the property where the foreigner is staying, even if the foreigner is only renting the property, and photographs of inside the home where the foreigner is staying, including in the bedroom. The requirements were confirmed by Major General Sergeant Major Nutapan, designated as squad leader, who refused an application on these grounds earlier this week. The requirement for a foreigner to provide a copy of a Shinote type of for a property foreigner does not own appears to be an attempt by Phuket Immigration to hold foreigners staying in Phuket responsible under Section 38 of the Immigration Act, which applies only to landlords and householders. During the TM30 debacle, it was confirmed by previous Phuket Immigration chiefs the applications for one-year permits to stay will not be refused for information that foreign applicants are not required to provide under immigration law. Phuket Immigration Chief Police Colonel Tanet Sukchai today dodged the question whether the officer was today legally empowered to refuse the application on the grounds above. He presumed the officer had the right. Now, Colonel Tanet recently ramped up efforts to have landlords and householders report to immigration any foreigner staying at the premises and has started fining people, namely Thai nationals, for not abiding by the law. He has even issued yellow cards to warn landlords of the seriousness of the transgression. Now, regarding the photographs required of inside the home where the foreigner is staying, the Phuket News, and this is where the story came out of, had previously been informed of one incident when a foreigner was asked to do a walkthrough of the home where he was staying to show an immigration officer through a video chat on a mobile phone and to show them what the the home looked like. A procedure that normally requires a search warrant approved by a court for an officer to enforce. Now, Colonel Tanet told uh, local news media, It's the Phuket crime-free scheme. If a foreigner is staying in a place, the person must have photos to prove that he or she is really staying there. 
For the title deed, I'm not sure what job he does. The enforcement is very strict now. It is not a rejection, but the documents required are not complete, and the immigration officer just asked in order to gather all the documents required. If the documents are complete, the visa will be extended, Colonel Tenet said. However, local media was present that day when the application was flatly refused without the copy of the Shinote title deed and photos of the interior of the house, including the bedroom. It was not a request, it was a requirement. Now he was asked specifically about the need for a foreigner renting a property being required to present a copy of the Shinote title deed. Colonel Tanette said it's back to the question of what job the foreigner does. It is case by case. These are basic documents that are required with a checklist but the extra documents are considered requests case by case which depends on the immigration agent's consideration. Of note the officer required a copy of the reverse side of the Shinote title also to be provided ensuring that Phuket Immigration is aware of any financial encumbrances on the property. So this is currently the state of affairs at Phuket Immigration Office. They are a law unto their own. The rules for extension of stays no matter which immigration you go to are completely different. And how can that possibly be? How can the law at Phuket Immigration and Samui be different? How can the chief of Phuket Immigration or the chief of the immigration of Thailand allow this to continue to happen? This is how things get corrupt. This is how things go sideways for people. So it's on a case-by-case basis. How is that even remotely fair? So the immigration officer takes a dislike to you, so he decides you need all these extra documents. A Shinote title that if you're renting a property... You're not entitled to have. You have to track down your landlord, get this. I mean, for what? It's not the responsibility of any foreigner to report themselves to immigration, by the way, in these houses. It is the responsibility of the landlord to report you to immigration via the Section 30, whatever it is, the uh, reporting of a foreigner staying in your household. It's very easy to do, by the way. Yet again, though, it's Phuket immigration acting the ass and deciding that they want to do what they want to do and to hell with immigration law. And it's really a sad state of affairs when you start going down this kind of road. But I do hope that with more and more light being shone on these kind of things, that people will start to understand that, you know, maybe Phuket isn't the place to come. It's not, doesn't seem very welcoming to me. They always, they've been going on for the last few years. They want foreigners to come back. COVID destroyed the place. So many jobs lost, so much money lost. When people try to stay, when people try to build a life, they do their best to make sure that you can jump through as many hoops as they can throw up in front of you. They don't make it easy for people because I think deep down inside, they don't want expats really living here in the country. What they do want is they want a tourist to come here for a couple of weeks spend all their money and then go back home and that's exactly what I think immigration in Thailand want people married to you know having a Thai wife having a family they don't want to make it easy for them they make it as difficult as possible and I think that's a real shame and I I think it needs to be looked at and I I personally think that governments of you know from different countries around the world need to put this kind of information up on their websites and warn people that this is what you're going to have to kind of look forward to if you move to this country and finally, the Full Moon Party draws 20,000 tourists to Koh Phangan. About 20,000 tourists attended the popular Full Moon Party on Koh Phangan on Thursday night, and it is estimated that the holiday will generate tens of millions of baht for the southern island. To ensure security for partygoers, police, immigration officers and local officials were deployed to Rin Beach in Tambon Bantai of Koh Phangan, district around 8pm for the fifth Full Moon Party of 2023. The Suratani governor and senior police officers were present at the event to oversee the deployment. The beach, which spans almost one kilometre, was filled with many tourists. 
Authorities estimated that the four-day holiday period, which began on Thursday, will generate tens of millions of baht for the popular tourist island. Security measures have been put in place to boost visitor confidence and prevent the presence of illicit drugs at the venue, said the police Lieutenant General Sukhan, who is the commissioner of the Tourist Police Bureau. So very good for Copenhagen and Suratani, of course, having 20,000 people uh, at this event. It seems tourism is back uh, in full swing here in Thailand. And yes, long may it continue, but let's hope that um, the, the conservative powers that be in Bangkok don't ruin all this in the next couple of weeks. But that's it for today, folks. Delighted that you've been able to tune in as always. Now, if you have any comments on the show, you have your opinion about any of the topics, whether you agree or disagree with me on what I have said today in today's show, leave it down below in the comment section. As always, I love reading those comments. And once in a while, I will reply if I do get time. Anyway, that's it, folks, for today. Thanks for tuning in yet again and stay safe. But ultimately, with this story or anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in the comments down below. Because yes, this is a new show, but it's also a conversation. Now keep that conversation going. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share the video, and do all the good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm. But ultimately, my name is Kieran Mack. You've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show, and we will see you next time.